Hi, and welcome to the podcast from Knox Presbyterian Church in McDonald's Corners, Ontario. Knox is part of a three-church charge between Elfin, Snow Road, and McDonald's Corners. Each Sunday, there's a 9.30 a.m. service in Elfin or Snow Road, and then again at Knox in McDonald's Corners. If you are able to join us next week, we'd love to see you at one of our services. If not, we hope this reaches you wherever you are. This audio recording is from the 11 a.m. service with Pastor Philip Roblard. For more information, please contact us on our Facebook page. Thank you, Joel. Good morning, everyone. And I trust that uh, you're having a good, uh, you've had a good week. And uh, then uh, coming up towards this week, um, I hope that uh, this week is blessed of God. I really do. Um, our, uh, I don't have many announcements other than we do have a session meeting uh, coming up uh, a week from, it's a week from tomorrow, 26th. Um, at one o'clock in the afternoon. So um, just so everybody knows to make sure, um, we have been, this is the first time since February. So it's uh, like eight months. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we're looking forward to that. And uh, so just keep us in, keep the eldership in your prayers. And uh, we see that uh, family members are joining in. So. Um, the psalm that we have today, I, I don't, I, I don't know who has a birthday. But I don't think I have any this week. And um, so, but we're going to be looking at um, uh, for the next couple of weeks, looking at how we relate to Jesus Christ. And Paul, of course, gives us the best insight of anyone. And so we'll be looking at that, but we have Psalm 100 as our, um, as our Psalm, the call to worship, and uh, it's before you. Um, I just got a new uh, program for Microsoft. I mean, like you get the whole package for a year, 365. I'm not impressed with it. And you will, if you got your bulletin, it has parts stroked out. And that's, uh, I don't know what that is all about. But anyway, we've got it with it with the way it should be. Um, uh, and so here goes. Hallelujah. Thank God. And why, you may ask? Because he is good, because his love lasts forever. We are happy people when we do what's right. Remember me, God, when you enjoy your people. I want to see your chosen succeed. Save us, God, so we can give thanks to your holy name. Blessed be our God. Oh, let everyone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, Our gathering song is Blessed Be the Name of the Lord, and Joel's going to lead us on that. Blessed be your name in the 
Thank you, Joel. Sorry about that. I keep forgetting. Uh, thank you for leading us to the wonderful chorus. Blessed be your name, Lord. Um, let us pray. Gracious God, we come to you today and 
We're thankful for the way you have protected us during this COVID-19 season, a time where there's fear and apprehension on every hand. We understand that, Lord. But God, I pray that you will be with your people, with your children, the children of your church and those beyond. And Lord, keep them safe. Build a wall of of or a, a fence around them that they will not be touched by this disease and that you will sustain us, the teachers, those that work in the healthcare system, keep them safe. We ask the Lord also for, as we continue to think about you, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the way in which we can adore you and praise you and lift up our hands and hearts to you in adoration. We give you thanks. And now, Lord, we pray that you'll forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all that we've done wrong. We all sin, Lord, and fall short of your glory. But we pray today that you will heal us, that you will forgive us, and that you will make us whole, complete in you. Because we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. this time we're, we're going to have a children's song shine jesus shine and it's also 376 in your hymn book
Thank you very much, Joel. Um, this morning, I just want to share a couple of things with the kids. First of all, um, I wonder if children have had any kind of a, a, a wake-up call in the morning by their folks, by their parents. Have you had that? Yeah. <laughs> have you got awakened by your folks? Yeah. That's a lot. Not a lot. You're usually up before them. <laughs> well, we're glad you're glad that you get wake up calls. You know, all of us at some time or another needs to get woken up. This morning, I was I slept a quarter after eight, and that's unusual for me, especially on the morning of uh, on Sunday morning. But uh, I did, and and I'll tell you, it felt pretty good. <laughs> did doesn't it? But the fact is that, you know, all of us can get rather comfortable in the way we live our lives, the way we wake up to some things that are going on that we hadn't really thought of in our own hearts, in our own, life, in our own lives. But I'm telling here to tell you today that all of us have been through that, where we've had a wake up call in some way <clears throat> in our everyday lives. And so we need to sometimes listen to that to make sure that we respond in a way or we change our ways so that we know how to, uh, to wake up to things that are happening all around us. So I'm going to encourage kids, when you get woken up tomorrow morning, the first thing we ought to do is give thanks to the Lord. We were talking about Thanksgiving last week. But I'm keeping, keeping the theme going into this week. So make sure that when you get up tomorrow morning, you say, thank you, Lord, for today. I want, it to, I want you to, I want the world to see all my friends in me, or all, I want my friends to see Jesus in me. And so each of us can do that. But we start our day off by saying, God, how can you use me? And thank you for my day. And thank you that I'm alive because there's a lot of people who aren't today that were alive last week or the week before. We've lost loved ones recently. You know what it's all about. It's hard to lose a loved one. Um, and so I pray for those people. But we're going to pray for our kids and continue to ask the Lord to keep them safe and, keep, and our teachers uh, from our church and beyond. Because there's lots of teachers who don't go to our church, but go to church and uh, love God. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for our kids. We pray your blessing upon them. We pray your hand upon them, that they will uh, find strength in their hearts and souls. And that, Lord, most of all, the, 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 the schools where they live or, or work or do uh, uh, things that, that are that are good and that are appropriate. Lord, we pray, pray that you will bless us in it, that the world around us will see Jesus in us. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Um, our little prayer is in front of you. And uh, you, you should always pray before we look at God's word. And uh, so we're going to do that again. 
Lord, thank you for all the reasons we have to offer thanksgiving. We pray that you would help us to remember uh, all the good things that you give us. And may our thanksgiving to you, and may our thanksgiving rise to you in Christ we pray. Amen. Well, I've entitled my message, uh, Your Wake-Up Call, and I'm going to ask Dave uh, Barr, our treasurer of our church, and also our clerk of session, one of our clerks of session, to, um, to read the scriptures, Philippians 3, 4 to 14. The true righteousness. I could, of course, put my trust in such things. If anyone thinks he can trust in external ceremonies, I have even more reason to feel that way. I was circumcised when I was a week old. I am an Israelite by birth of the tribe of Benjamin, a pure-blooded Hebrew. As far as keeping the Jewish law is concerned, I was a Pharisee, and I was so zealous that I persecuted the church. As far as a person can be righteous by obeying the commands of the law, I was without fault. But all those things that I might count as profit, I now reckon as loss for Christ's sake. Not only those things, I reckon everything as complete loss for the sake of what is so much more valuable, the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have thrown everything away. I consider it all as mere refuse, so that I may gain Christ and be completely united with him. I no longer have a righteousness of my own, the kind that is gained by obeying the law. I now have the righteousness that is given through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is based on faith. All I want is to know Christ and to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings and become like him in his death, in the hope that I myself will be raised from death to life. I do not claim that I have already succeeded or have already become perfect. I keep striving to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has already won me to himself. Of course, my brothers, I really do not think that I have already won it. The one thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. So I run straight toward the goal in order to win the prize, which is God's call through Christ Jesus to the life above. Thank you, David. It really is a, a, a really sobering bit of, of scripture. Of course, Paul was always got to the point really fast in most of his books. Now, he has a few that uh, he kind of rambles, but sometimes like me when I, when I ramble. Uh, but today I'm, I'm talking about your wake up call. And uh, I've got three really simple points. First of all, Pot, Paul sought with zeal his own worthwhile goals. Secondly, understand that in order for Paul to succeed, to make his life count, he discovered he had to change, and so might we. And thirdly, Paul's goal, ultimate goal, was to serve Jesus Christ. One of the luxuries that I remember from a number of years back, um, 
which is available was was available in most hotels was a wake up call, personal wake up call. Actually, um, when you checked in, they would ask you, uh, "Tell me, um, uh, would you like a wake up call tomorrow morning?" And so the exact time that we'd agreed upon, I would get this call and I would pick up the phone and and I would and it would say, "Good morning, Mr. Obelard. This is your wake up call." Now that has kind of been replaced either by your phone. <laughs> a lot of people use their phone to wake themselves up or a, um, a computerized generated uh, voice that comes on. It sounds pretty good, but not as good as, as a voice that, well, you know, the person is, uh, is, it really means what they're saying. Well, um, when I was in, in India for a period of time, when I was with World Relief Canada, uh, and it's probably still in place now, we would get a different wake-up call uh, from us and the server would come to your room, knock on the door, and there'd be a cup of American coffee, some danishes, and butter with all kinds of confiture. In English, that means jams and jellies and everything else. Boy, that was a good thing to wake up to. There was your coffee, you had a whole pot of it. Not just a little, a little tiny cup, because that's what they usually give you on your own. Well, we had the coffee pot and the coffee. And man, I'll tell you, if you were awake by then, because man, it was strong. <laughs> you were never going to be awake in your lifetime. Well, uh, our question today is what does it take to wake us up fully for a new day? Uh, are you one of those people who just wakes up easily, jumps out of bed and is ready to go for the day? A lot of people like that. Or are you one of those people who needs to be practically pulled out of bed, shaken, kicked out before you start your day? Well, take heart from a man who wrote the passage that David read today. Paul of Tarsus. His actual name, his Jewish name was Saul. But when he came to know the Lord, he changed his name to Paul. A man who we find out is greatly used to God, we know that, who was awakened out of an infatuation with his own goal in life, his one goal in life. He saw himself as a man with a plan. He saw great success with his goals in life. And his goal in life was to jail people who were followers of the way. That's right, the way it was called. The fact is that he had a, a wonderful uh, pedigree, credentials, an Israelite, a true Israelite who was born in Israel, descendant of Abraham, tribe of Benjamin, a student of Israeli law, studied under Gamaliel. If you had studied un under Gamaliel, it would be like, well, for an, a name that is, is today, uh, probably the finest of teachers when, when if it was Presbyterian it'd be someone like um, Dr. Uh, um, John Carter in the Wycliffe School. Uh, I studied under him and if you'd study under him he was kind of like he later became the associate to the Archbishop of Canterbury uh, just after that 
he was asked to come and work with the archbishop. And uh, he was a great guy. He was really a nice man, quite British in his mannerisms and ways, and even in the way he produced a sentence. Well, here was, here was Paul. He, he, was, he had one goal in life. He was a respected Pharisee, and he was, by all appearances, very successful. A respected Pharisee. There weren't many of those, incidentally, but he was one. His one goal in life was, though, to do, to do the thing that Pharisees are, are encouraged to do, and that is to hold to the law, the Hebrew law. Make sure that it was held to. Protect it. It was a noble goal, but it was misguided. I want to leave with you those three thoughts. Here's, one, here's the first one. You know, successful people have worthwhile goals. We know that. Successful people have worthwhile goals. And Paul had a worthwhile goal. From his countrymen, he would have been known as someone who, who really held to the law. Successful people have worthwhile goals in their lives. Why? Because they feel that uh, setting goals in their lives gives them purpose. A purpose. I'm here for a reason. Therefore, I set goals. I, and so those people create a plan. And probably very, uh, very full plan. Very clear guidelines. Today... I want us to learn what not to do and learning from Paul what it means to be successful at achieving the wrong goals and turning it around. I remember as a young associate pastor, I was, I think, 26, 27, in around there, uh, in, in Ottawa, under a man who just celebrated his 90th birthday uh, last month, Virgil Gingrich. And uh, I wanted to become a great communicator like my like the senior pastor. Virgil was a, a really good communicator. He taught homiletics in seminary. So this guy was good. Um, but uh, I tried to get do his goals and that didn't work for me. So in order to, to see success, I had to develop my own God-centered goals. And I think we can learn from Paul here what not to do and what to do. Secondly, we've got to understand that we can't be somebody else. I can't be Billy Graham, God rest his soul. He's in heaven now. I can't be Virgil Gingrich because, well, he's not even in ministry today. I can't be those people, but I can be the man God created so that I might fully reflect Jesus Christ. Do I do it all the time? Heck no. I remember John Crowker, who was a successful mountain climber. As a matter of fact, he wrote a book, Into Thin Air, it was called. And he conquered Mount Everest. Along the way, of course, they lost three people on their team. They died because of the hardships that they were experiencing. But when they arrived at the top, he said, you know, I, I said to myself, I really don't care. He took pictures to put an appearance that he was all excited about it, but there was no excitement. He realized that his goal was empty. It was futile. Why did he even have it? But it was one of his goals. And, you know, we need to understand that, 
that we may have goals, but are they the right goals? Do they reflect Jesus' love for us? And so here's what his closing remarks was. You know, I got there and I really didn't care. Oh, I took a few pictures of us as a team, some selfies, but I really didn't care. I'd arrived and I felt empty. Last Sunday, we spoke of Thanksgiving and we read from Deuteronomy on chapter eight and it doesn't even say the word Thanksgiving. <laughs> but the fact is that um, the children of Israel were about to go into the promised land. And so at that point, God through, through um, uh, Moses set some things in place so that they might understand the people of Israel, his people, God's people, might understand what was required of them. And so he did. And, and in it, God warns his children that they, before they enter the promised land, there were two things that they could not, they should not enter into. The first one was, of course, to indulge in the goals of other people around them, other uh, cultures and, 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 and uh, nationalities. He told them not to do that, but to stay true to the Jewish law. And Paul was doing that. The second thing he told them was to never think that they could accomplish anything in themselves. Their success was the Lord's to have, and you're to give praise to that, to him, to Jesus Christ, because he's the one we live for and walk with. Sometimes our goals almost need to be pried out of our hands, one finger at a time. You know what I'm talking about? Because... Well, there are goals and, and we got to get them done. But the fact is that we may need a wake up call, so to speak. Goals may be right for someone else, certain goals, but they may not be right for you. Which brings me to my last thought. Paul's encounter, pretty dramatic encounter, I might add, on the road to Damascus was given his wake up call. And it was severe, folks. He was blind for three days. He was led around by the hand of people who he didn't even know. But he never, those three days, the words must have echoed in his head. Must have done it three or four times, as a matter of fact, uh, each day. And it was, Paul, Saul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Well, you may say, I, I don't persecute the Lord. I, I'm, I belong to him, I think. Well, here's, here's, uh, here's possibly Saul's response. He probably said, well, you know, Lord, I've done a lot for you. I've, I've held to what you told me to do, the Hebrew law. And I've been, I've been zealous. That's a funny word, really, zealous. Uh, he sought with zeal, the Bible says, his own worthwhile goals. I, I, I've done it all. I, I, I tried to clean up Jerusalem, but it wasn't possible. And then, on the third day, God speaks to Ananias and says, Ananias, I want you to listen to me. I want you to go and pray for Paul, Saul at that time. And, and, and I can hear Ananias, no way, I'm not going. He, did you see what he did to Stephen? He stoned him. 
He led a mob against him and stoned him. I'm not going to talk to him at all. And God said, no, Ananias, you're going to go. You're going to pray for him and he will be healed. And so Ananias, with reluctance, with fear, I would think, went over, laid hands on, on Paul, Saul at that time, and prayed for him. And the Bible says that, that his eyes were opened. I believe his eyes were opened in more than one, one way. Not only did he lose his blindness, but he realized that the goal that he had had to stay true to the Hebrew law was not God's law, God's uh, goal. Why are you persecuting? When he, he got a wake-up call, all right? And I believe he probably began to babble. He probably said all kinds of things to God. Sounds like us when we're talking to God after we've had a wake-up call. Ananias prayed for him in fear and trembling, and then he was healed. You notice that Paul counts all that he's done, and I believe in a couple of the translations, he uses the word garbage. It's garbage. Everything that I've done up until I met Christ was garbage. That is how he described his life before Jesus Christ took over his life. I lost everything, he said, when I saw my way. Everything fell away. But here's Paul's new goal now. I want to know Jesus. I want to know the power of his resurrection, enter into his sufferings. What are you, saddest, Paul? No, I want to I want to be part of that. I really do. And he went from that to making a significance in the lives of many. As a matter of fact, he had a very interesting rule, a very interesting statement he made. And he said, this one thing I do, and he suggests three things, but forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards ahead, I press on towards the prize of the high calling of God that is found in, in Christ Jesus. He made an impact, but he had a new goal, serving Jesus Christ. I'm sure most of you know the story around this time of the year of Terry Fox. You know that Terry Fox lost his leg, was amputated, just above the knee. <clears throat> and uh, he had a prosthesis, an artificial leg put in place. And he decided he wanted to raise the awareness of cancer of this, of his kind to the world. And his goal was to raise 100,000. It was a pretty lofty amount at that time. He would, made his way across Canada and only made it halfway. And to see him the day that he was being put into the ambulance because he couldn't go any farther. Uh, incidentally, the war amps kept supplying him fresh legs, uh, artificial legs, each time one broke down. There was always another one quickly uh, airlifted, really, to him. But here Terry Fox wanted to raise awareness of cancer. He wanted to raise $100,000. And you know he died trying? Terry Fox runs are in various communities right across Canada. And to date, Terry Fox hasn't just raised 100,000. He's raised over $100 million by people like you and me who may run in that race. A torch against cancer has been picked up. If you want a worthwhile goal, pick up the torch of running for Jesus. 
As Paul realized, so must we. Oh, we can find our identity, our purpose, and our peace in taking up Christ's cross and following you. Forgetting what is behind and reaching with all my might towards what is ahead, I press on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is found in Jesus. And in Christ Jesus. And it's the one thing in your life that will make a huge difference in your world following Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we go to prayer for our people and for those that aren't, we pray, God, that you will be with us, that you will guide us, that you'll protect us. Lord Jesus, may we find you fully and completely in life so that we can give wake up calls lord aren't really nice as a matter of fact they're usually painful i've had them others i'm sure have had them but lord may we determine like paul to do this one thing serve jesus our savior and lord in christ's name we pray amen we're going to go to prayer, and we have a, a number of prayer requests, and uh, they are in your bulletin. But um, uh, Peter, that we've been praying for, his whole family, Peter Garrett, his whole family have been um, have been have just lost their husband, dad. Um, he was only sixty-three, but he fought on with a sense of humor. And uh, Elaine did such a good job of summarizing that uh, in the uh, in the letter. I think she does an amazing job on that letter, don't you? She really does. And uh, so we're going to pray for for him, his wife Gar uh, Marg, and sister Marion and children. You know, he he was a very good man and really fought a battle that of course he eventually lost, but let's pray for them. And then of course our regular needs. I want us to remember Bar uh, Margaret Scott as well. Margaret Scott had a fall last week and uh, fortunately she has family close by. The daughter came, picked her up and took her home. It was, I don't know if it was a serious fall or not. I was talking to her, but uh, she's, she's coming home, I think uh, either today or tomorrow, back, back to her home as she calls it. And uh, so let's remember her in prayer. Lynn um, DeRoshi, uh, is, uh, she, her maiden name was um, Nicholas. But let's remember her in prayer. Um, she has just gotten out of hospital. She has a little guy, Aiden, who's just a terrific little fella. And he, uh, he's been without his mom for a number of, of days. She just got out of hospital. Let's remember that whole family. They certainly, she's feeling better, but um, she's not out of the woods yet. And so let's continue to pray for her. There are many others. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's go to prayer right now and ask God to help us. He'll help each of those that need our prayers. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we think of those that need our prayers, we think of those who have, lost loved ones, would you please comfort them? Would you be their peace that has broken down every wall, that will break down every wall? If only we would ask. Well, Lord, we're asking today. And so we pray 
for those. We pray for Peter Garrett's family and ask, Lord, that you will be with them. We pray for Mark and Sister Marion and others who are during this sad time and it's so hard to even uh, be able to have a, a funeral and, and to be in to see, uh, to visit with the family for a few minutes. It's so hard. But Lord, I pray that you'll be with the whole family. Give them strength, give them your peace, and most of all, comfort, as only you can. Lord, we pray for others who need, uh, need prayer. We think of uh, uh, Christy Bra Brady, Hazel Cameron, Harvey Jackson, Joe Lyons, Sylvia Lynch, Fred Longmire, Michael Nealon, Robert Patterson, Matthew Rue, Earl Sargent and Stan Sargent. Lord, there may be others as well. We pray for our seniors. We pray for Judith, who I was able to see this week. It was so nice. Uh, she was home with George. Lord, I pray you'll be with them. Isabel, Fran, Norma, Audrey, Eleanor, Donna Tizik, Laura. And Lord, for our elders, we pray for each one of them and ask you, Lord, to use them to continue to touch the hearts and lives of each one in the parish in order that your love will be manifested and projected towards others. Now, Lord, we, we want to uh, take a moment to pray for Lynn and Margaret Scott, Lord, and we pray that your Holy Spirit will be with them. Lord, as we remember those, there are probably many others that we can think of. And Lord, as we present them to you, in your mercy, O oh Lord, hear our prayers and answer them. Lord, we pray for our nation, our leaders on the federal, provincial, and and municipal levels, we pray that you give them wisdom beyond their themselves, Lord, because that's the only thing that will reach them. Now, Lord, we pray for each one of our people. Oh, be with them. Be with them. Sustain them. Strengthen them. And, and Lord, keep them from any kind of ill health, because we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. As we uh, close our service this, this morning, I'm going to ask um, uh, uh, Joel to, uh, to lead us in the uh, closing hymn. Thank you, Philip. The closing hymn today is Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God.
seek and ye shall find knock and the door shall be opened unto you Thank you, Joel. As we close, I trust that the Lord will keep and sustain each one of you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this week's service. Again, we would love to have you join us at one of our two Sunday morning services. First at 9.30 in either Elfin or Snow Road. We alternate week week after week throughout the summer. And then in the winter, we're only in Elfin. And then again at 11 a.m. in McDonald's Corners. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or call us at the number in the bulletin. We hope to hear from you soon. And we hope that this message has reached you wherever you are. Thank you.